Chance. Welcome to the No Chance Radio Show, a podcast about the world of streetwear, fashion, and everything and anything else. We are live and in full effect. This is episode 94 of the NCR show. That's No Chance Radio, the NPR streetwear, your dummy's guide to all things fashion, culture, and everything else. I am your co-host of this show. My name is Ryan. And I'm your other co-host, Mel. What's up, guys? Man, episode 94, only six away from 100. Another very monumental moment, at least for myself, man. 100 episodes equals... I don't know, a hundred some odd hours of, of just talking. Like, <laughs> I don't know how like, uh, like famous, like singers or like musicians do shit like this. Like imagine oh, yeah. performing, like screaming at the top of your lungs every day for like years on end, like putting on a full performance. Like how do you, how do you prepare your vocal cords or your body <laughs> for that type of shit? seems very rigorous. It does. I don't know if I, I don't know if I if I'm fit for that. Um, but thank you guys for listening, new and old. We want to welcome you to the NCR show. Um, I want to set a precedent real quick. Actually, I want to set some expectations for uh, you listeners. If it's your first time, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, you, if you're on 94 and you've been binging um, in your little dark room of a cave, then congratulations. <laughs> you just got. You're almost at the finish line. Um, but I want to make it clear to everyone. We're stupid. <laughs> like, I want to set that as like the bar. Like we are, as my favorite podcast that I, I've been listening to for about five years now, we are brilliant idiots. Like we know and we don't know. Uh, we do our research, but we also rely on our intuition and yeah. our shitty opinion sometimes <laughs> to create a conversation. But that's how it is. I mean, Think about your your school lunch table, you know, like nobody has facts. Like it's all just based off of how passionate you feel about something or uh, uh, whatever your emotion, wherever your emotions guide you. And that's kind of how we are in this show. So um, if you if you guys love our opinion, if you guys hate our opinion, we uh, we uh, appreciate it each and every way. Um, we actually got a, a really funny comment on uh, was on YouTube maybe about a couple weeks ago, which is like, and I used to have this conversation in, in the beginning of these episodes or uh, in earlier episodes about like, am I ready for like feedback, whether <laughs> it's like positive or negative, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, and um, YouTube is definitely an easy place to leave comments and uh, and comment pretty harshly. That's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> consistent. I think the, the two worst places to receive feedback would be YouTube video comments and a uh, hypebeast article comments. Those <laughs> are like always like the worst places, um, when it comes to doing anything creative. Um, but I think our comment was like, um, uh, <laughs> it said, I, I don't know who the username was, but a uh, shout out to you for, for leaving it. It said, you guys don't know jack shit but A for effort, which is, I, I value that so much because yeah. we do put a lot of effort into this. Um, effort meaning like time and energy, but in terms of like sometimes research and yeah. like knowledgeability, if that's even a word, eh, we could get, we could be better, we but, could. but that's us being candid about it because um, a lot of the articles that we do source, a lot of the, um, the interviews and, and books that we do read, uh, I also, I'll say book, <laughs> all, all the book that we read, um, it does 
get us one step closer to actually figuring out the uh, the mystery of streetwear, if you want to call it that. Um, but before we get into our topics for today, I want to approach the beginning of the episode kind of differently. I mean, it's been a, a crazy weekend. We're going to talk about Complex Con in a bit, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of really dope shit that's come out recently, a lot of shitty shit that's come out <laughs> recently. So I want to go back and forth and let's talk about it. You want to talk about some uh, some product releases? Um which one do I want to start with first? Let's talk the let's talk these uh, Travis Scott Jordan One Lows. Okay. Did you <laughs> manage to get yourself a pair? No, I didn't. I was at work when they dropped, and apparently it was only gonna be on the Travis site and on sneakers. And it was like 5 p.m. on like a random weekday. So you had two chances. Two chances and I took an L both times. <laughs> well, I think um, if you guys don't know, uh, the Travis Scott High is released in somewhat of the same manner. It's a surprise drop and he's on his personal site and mm-hmm. then they do a sneakers with like a, like a sneakers draw. I think it was a sneakers draw yeah. this time around. Yeah. Um, this is this is my thing about uh, this particular shoe. I, I get the first ones. First ones, cool. Two, three thumbs up, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the obsession of like the lows. I don't. I I know maybe for the years that we were working at Nike, nobody fucked with the low tops. Mm-hmm. Nobody fucked with them. They were always the ones that went on clearance. They were always the ones that were um, sitting like fucking frequently. So I don't understand. Well, maybe it's because of the resale price. I mean, and you tell me what you think, but in my personal opinion, I don't see the obsession with these shoes other than it being a Travis Scott shoe. Like aside from being a Jordan one, a Jordan one aesthetically, I don't understand it. It's not, I don't, (laughs) I'm not a big fan of the offset swoosh. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's cool, whatever. Um, But am I going to pay resale prices for this type of shoe for what it is as a Jordan one low? Probably not, but yeah. I mean, what do you, okay, what do you think about the shoe? Like, as it is, what do you think about it? I personally like the colorway more than the high, just because it had the black toe box, so mm. it's more neutral, so you can wear it more, um, you could beat it up a little bit more and it not be hella obvious, so I wanted them for myself, but he huh. only made them, like, huh. what, men's size 7 <laughs> to 14, so that sucks for me. Damn, and you know we've talked about, like, women's sizing on this yeah. damn podcast, so, so I can sucks. see how you're so frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they were supposed to be more limited compared to the highs, and I think because of that resale value people were trying to buy them because of that but I do know like I have friends who also wanted the lows to wear compared to the highs like they want to mm. keep their highs on ice and then wear the lows as a beater essentially why do you think that is well, why, I mean, why what's the mentality of, of that logic if they're both roughly priced the same okay maybe the lows are cheaper yeah um but and it's summertime, whatever, low tops. But I don't un- understand the mentality of saying, like, the highs are mean more because there's more material. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it's just um, how we kind of put the ones on that pedestal of, like, being top quality, yeah. top tier. Like, how you just said, lows, like, they always used to sit at factory stores or whatever. They're good for the summer. Um, it's just a good everyday shoe. Yeah. If you do look at the prices on StockX, like, the resale right now for lows is, like, in like the mid six to eight hundred. Jesus Christ. But then the highs are like what twelve hundred? Either so way, it's it's a lot it's, either way it's for a lot. Jordan one. To think about a name like like his just being so fucking prevalent. Rappers back in the day have done collaborations with 
with uh, shoe companies. They've had their own deals with shoe companies, right? Like mm-hmm. Birdman had lugs. Yeah. That shit wasn't selling out. And he was probably, okay, this might be like a, an extreme hot take, but he was probably hotter at that time period where when cash money was like the biggest thing ever compared to how Travis Scott is now. But then it also plays into the whole like Birdman wasn't a dresser he wasn't fashion based so yeah. i can imagine and the culture was different back then too oh you yeah, know? yeah yeah like the hype right now is at its all-time high <laughs> compared to back then like people were buying what they wanted because that's what was in but now people are buying things to hold on to for a couple of years and flip it and you know it's a stock like how we talked about before yeah which sucks for when people actually want to buy it to wear and own a personal pair you think we have too much shoes you think just in general, we've, we've overconsumed just in like, you look at your closet, you just told me that you were bored today, so you went to go shopping. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that you just already have too much? Yeah. How many black hoodies do you need? I, I don't know. <laughs> I have like maybe 30, honestly. But what do you, what do you, when do you think we'll, we'll hit our, our, our limit? Do you ever think that there's, we'll, we'll have too much? Personally or as a culture? Personally. Personally, I already think I meet I met that criteria. I have too much shit, but I always try to get rid of some things to make me feel better like, "Oh, now you I have really? space." Yeah. Every like I have so much stuff. Like every day I'm just like, "Am I going to wear this?" No, and I'll put in like a random like Goodwill hmm. bag. Respect. I'm, no, I'm being I'm being dead <laughs> Okay, ass. okay. Yeah, I'm I'm I lately, I mean, obviously it's it's a it's a monetary thing also, but for the most part there was like a good period where I was like, I would, I needed to buy something every week. And that was just only to like, to like ease my own psyche of like, it was like, uh, it's like an OCD thing or yeah. whatever. Um, but nowadays when I look in my closet, I think I've shrunken it down enough to the point where I'm just like, okay, I can start rebuilding again. Mm-hmm. But it used to, it, well, yeah, at one point it was like, all right, there's too much in here. I don't wear this, I don't wear this, I don't wear this. I'm getting rid of all of it. But I think at some point we all come to the realization, especially with shoes, that's when we start to realize we I don't need half of these things. Mm-hmm. You know? It's it's like um it's like the honeymoon effect. You know what that is when it yeah. comes to like a relationship, you get you uh come across someone new and you have that maybe i don't know how what, how long would you consider that period like 2 to 3 months two, 2 to 3 months jesus christ you get over people fast <laughs> what? it's like the beginning phase like you know you're having fun you're just getting to know them still 2 to 3 months okay all right mel i, I was going to say about 6 to 8 months Holy but, shit. but but that's just me okay. but i'm 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 just saying like we all have that honeymoon phase when it comes to our clothes and once it like tapers off and we're just like okay what I was into wearing at that point is no longer what I like Mm -hmm. to wear anymore um so it's really funny how like you'll see like we have those friends that are constantly buying the newest release constantly 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 but when you really and I'll and and there are some asterisks next to certain people's name but when you really pay attention to like what they wear it's like it's like a type of outfit that's so I don't want to say plain but it's so neutral, like not risk taking mm-hmm. to be able to take on that many shoes, especially if you wear all your shoes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. With so many shoes, your outfit can only fit into this certain constraint <laughs> unless you're like you have enough money to spend on the rest of the fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it has to be very like like, for example, like I, I'm the type of person to wear all black. 
Same. no matter what shoes I get, I could wear it with that. So mm-hmm. I don't have to buy a full fit whenever I buy a pair of shoes. I just throw it into the rotation. Yeah. But there are those those certain people and I respect the work ethic when it comes to like buying a new pair of shoes and an outfit to match. Yeah. Jesus Christ, my mental would go crazy. <laughs> I feel that. Like, no, I I know what you're talking about because I go through that like maybe two to three months at a time. Like right now, all I've been wearing is just, you know, like tech fleece <laughs> again. <laughs> like I, I'm working in a startup type of culture so I can wear whatever I want. Lazy. And, uh, yeah, like lazy, cozy, whatever. Yeah. So I've just been wearing like sweats and my trainers again and I haven't worn those in like how many years? Yeah. And it's crazy because I want to outgrow it, but I'm just so used to like what I have. That's a, yeah, that's funny actually. Like we always get stuck in that. I'm not going to call, I'm going to call it a fashion rut. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's that, it's the sensibilities that we are like, we'll, we'll always be attracted to. You know what I mean? Like before you worked at Nike, do you think that you were dressing the same or if not relied on some of the same outfits that you rely on like currently? No. no? Working at Nike definitely really? changed because before I would say I dressed a little bit more like girly to mm. an extent. Um, in high school, I wasn't like, I, yeah, like I played sports, but aside from like sports, I did kind of try, try to like dress up. But when I was at Nike, it was just like sweats and leggings and hoodies all the time. Yeah. And when I worked at Sephora right after that, for, that forced me to kind of be like, okay, grow up. Mel. So what's the sensibility now? Like what, what is your, your fallback go to if you're just like, if, if there's no such thing as a dress code for daily life, daily what is your life? like go to, um, a good pair of tech fleece and a black hoodie. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, well, but that, but that, that just says like you, we, we all fall back into that aesthetic of yeah. like what, of who we are and what it is that we like prefer. Right. Mm-hmm. I hate button ups. I hate <laughs> ties. I hate the whole dapper look, whatever. <laughs> Shout out to Marco. I respect <laughs> you and what you do because I hate it. I can't do it. Yeah. I hate feeling constrained. Like mm-hmm. I think, um, when I, when I grew up in skateboarding, it was like the same pair of pants or like jeans, whatever, and enough room to like be able to move freely. I always said in my head, if my outfit constrained me from jumping over a fence or like <laughs> running away from a dog or something, uh-huh. then I couldn't wear it. Yeah. So if it was too tight, whatever, I just, I, I couldn't do it. Um, so very much of what I rely on on a typical basis and also in learning more about um you know, being sustainable and, um, economically friendly clothing, (laughs) like whatever, then I do rely on things like, um, like, like Rothko makes like really good cargos and it's like, it's actual industrial shit. Like what they wear, I'm assuming what they wear in the army, whatever, (laughs) whatever army fatigues that they wear. Um, and then more like workwear, things that will like last long, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I feel like those types of things are instilled in us from like very young of like what we what we gravitate towards in terms of our, our clothing choices. And uh, it's kind of funny that you were like, yeah, like I've been I've been wearing this since forever. Like this is my go to, um, especially when it comes to like if I buy a new pair of shoes, I almost think of it in a sense of like, will this go good with my everyday outfit yeah. rather than like, ooh, I think I could create an outfit from this shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, enough of that one shoe. Goddamn. <laughs> On to the next shoe because we have a whole shit ton of topics to talk about. Man, we can get really inter- introspective <laughs> 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 about the fucking Travis Scott shoe. Um, okay, so um, one of my favorite releases of the past couple of months is the Undercover Daybreaks, Undercover Jun Takahashi, Japanese uh, streetwear brand. Um, and also the Sakai LD Waffle, kind of like um, a really cool take on vintage trainers mm-hmm. uh, that Nike's done recently. Um, really slept on release and very like, almost like top shoes of the year kind of standard. Um, but they're releasing uh, another assortment of colorways to follow. I think the last batch of colorways came out maybe about a, less than a month ago and they're already re- planning on releasing two more of each. Yeah, I think it's like a navy colorway, red colorway, and then like the LD waffle model has like a monotone like white and black coming out my question is and um aside from are we feeling them or not because Mm -hmm. obviously they're they're great shoes but um you answer that piece first are we annoyed by just fucking overblown production when it comes to like models that are super fucking cool Mm -hmm. but getting overblown to the fact where it becomes another general release shoe yeah um so like the way I look at it, so one, I do like bold silhouettes. They're both really cool. I don't have either of them. I wish I did. Um, I am more biased towards the Sakai because that one was really cool. Um, the colors of those were just awesome compared to the undercovers, like they're a little bit more safe, but they're still dope regardless. Um, I think when it comes to overproducing shoes like that, yeah, like it does get a little bit tiring to see it, um, but for people who do like the silhouette and do want to collect that one shoe, it's good for those people. But if I'm looking at it at like in a sustainable way, it's not sustainable. That I, I never course. really think about it like that. Yeah. But for this like release in particular, for some reason, it makes me think like, okay, how many colors do we need of these models? Because for the undercover, they made women's only colorways compared to men's, which was weird because the Sakai was unisex. Yes. Um, so it's interesting how they're doing that because also um, when bigger brands do like releases like this, even though they're limited to an extent, Uh, an extent the women's ones don't sell out this is true and that makes them general because of that reason Mm. and i think that makes people not want to buy them but the people who do buy them they do know how to style them really well funny enough because the i ended up returning my men's pair of the black and white original ones for the women's pair and um it was the the color blocking was just in general a lot nicer and more to what I wanted in a shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like how you mentioned um, earlier, basically saying I think it was. Did you say something along the lines of of people if they want to collect that shoe, yeah. then it's a plus for them. Yeah, I like that. I like that mentality because you'll get someone who can be like us talking shit on Nike and saying like, damn, they haven't released a model that I've been looking for. And maybe if you're like a vintage ar- archivist, if you want to call them that, mm-hmm. like some like Nike heads that we know, they they look forward to the old models. And if they see something like a, like an LD Waffle or a Daybreak, which 
they don't make much of, you mm-hmm. know, they have the, the tailwind that they reproduce for sportswear colorways. But for them to see that, they're like, hell yeah. Right. I want all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I didn't I never really thought of it that way, because we have to think about each model isn't meant for everyone. Mm-hmm. But there's someone that wants that model. Yeah. And that is essentially why there's always an assortment of shoes. But I guess keeping it to to thinking about a specific model shoe and the way that Nike takes it and exponentially grows the colorways and the quantity, just from that thought alone in some of the models that you like, is that something that would deter you from buying it if there's too many colorways? But it's a model I like. Mm -hmm. That makes me want to buy it more. I mean, for I'm like a prime example. I collect Flyknit racers, or I used to. You're right. You know, I damn near have like one of every color because I just love that shoe so much. It's like the best shoe for everyday wear. So there could be someone out there who thinks the LD Waffle is the best shoe to wear every day, mm-hmm. and they're gonna collect it. Um, but for someone like me who doesn't have that shoe, I don't look at it that way for that model. That's a good point. That's a good point to think. I mean, obviously, um, racers being your favorite shoe, you're going to you're you're going to approach it in the sense of like I'm not like I know I don't need these many racers. Yeah. <laughs> but when you become f- super fond of a particular style or a model, you almost become a collector in a sense. You're no longer a consumer of that shoe. You're, mm-hmm. You become a collector. Mm-hmm. I'd say like, if you own three three colors of the same shoe, you turn into a collector of that <laughs> shoe. Like, like you're no longer like, oh, this is not just my favorite shoe. You're now a collector of that shoe. Yeah. And it shows. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely shows. Um, okay, let's move on to, these were actually some of my favorite releases. And unfortunately they were released exclusively at ComplexCon. Both of them. Both of them, um, which occurred in Chicago this past weekend. I think if you're listening to this on a Friday, then it was the previous Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but two of my, you know, two of the, I would say like the hottest designers, uh, up, up and coming brands, Chinatown market and, uh, Joshua Vides. We mm-hmm. talked about him a little bit in a recent episode. He formed the side project, which is like a really cool, um, concept store in Los Angeles. And also he's the one that's in charge of the reality to idea, uh, sort of art exhibit, which is like, if you've ever seen them on Instagram, it's re- literally just a black outline of like, uh, your everyday things. Yeah. And it's, I forget what the approach of, he, is it? Um, he makes like 3d things, 2d kind of, yeah. it's like, a vision, like an optical illusion. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, I think it was on an air force one or a Jordan one, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty fucking tight, but, uh, they, both of them have now become like the goat or I mean like the highly regarded designers, which is really funny because mm-hmm. they just started either making a t-shirt or drawing on something. And now they have this sort of aesthetic, um, sort of uh, prestige to live up to now in terms of, you know, where their mind is and how they think. Uh, But Chinatown Market and Mike Sherman put out a a Chuck Taylor 70. I think both of them did Chuck Taylor 70s. High tops. uh, High tops. Um, And he put out a a light sensitive, like I think they called it like asymmetric canvas upper that is 
uh, sunlight, like it reacts to sunlight. Mm -hmm. So indoors, it's kind of like this, like translucent, almost like, um, I don't even know what to call it, almost like opaque glass looking material. I don't even know how to describe (laughs) it. It's that odd. And then when you bring it outdoors, it literally turns into this like color block shoe similar to um if you've ever seen like the jw anderson like glitter Mm, shoes it's kind of like exactly like that but a little bit more toned down to be like fit more in their like color palette or whatever yeah super sick Mm -hmm. super fucking tight to think that you almost think that there's no more ideas no new idea under the sun yeah and then you see this exactly it's like what the fuck right like it's fucking dope we've seen like heat reactive things we've seen i feel like i've seen like sort of like uh light sensitive reactive things but i don't think i've ever seen them on shoes yeah I have. and that's why this is so fucking bizarre to me because like i said there is i always assume that there's no new idea under the sun like something's pulled from somewhere else in regards to the influence or whatever but this one just fucking blew my mind Mm -hmm. obviously a lot of both of these shoes and, and um are releasing sometime early August, more like general release. But this Joshua Vides shoe also was really fucking tight. Yeah. And what's funny about this one, and, and, and for those that haven't seen it, please look it up because it's fucking amazing. But essentially they're taking the two um, adjacent side panels of the Chuck 70. It's Chuck 70 is made from sort of a one piece upper of mm-hmm. like a um, canvas. canvas, right? And he basically takes that, that canvas and turns it into Velcro. So the panels you can take off as like shields and you can plop on whatever color you want, you feel like you want to wear or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which is super fucking tight because you can add dimension to however Velcro holds, you know, or mm-hmm. molds. But what's cool about this, and in for those of you that know who Joshua Vides is, is like you just said, he forms his art around this sort of two-dimensional um, perspective, right? Yeah. But now taking his shoe, it's like the bottom part is two-dimensional in the way that he draws it out to make it look, but the top part is very three-dimensional. It's almost like. I almost call it 4D, but 4D <laughs> like reminds me of like the movie theaters with the moving seats and like the 3D glasses. So maybe not 4D, but like it, it gives you this impression of like function or not function, but uh like form and shape. Okay. And it's yeah. uh it's, it's it's from the way that I've seen it, like how they like form their flaps and things. It looks crazy, but mm-hmm. I like the idea and I think and I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool to see. Um, DIY culture is super big right now. Yeah. And like I've never seen that where you can add panels because as a kid I used to have Nikes where you can change like the swoosh color yeah and even like Travis Scott did that too but to have like fucking panels on a whole shoe you can yeah. just change out like that's so weird but it's really cool to think of of course like it makes me want to get them like honestly Converse like all their collabs have been super slept on this year and they've been killing it yeah I think the like a couple examples of some good ones, I think, were the um, obviously the Chinatown Market. They did the the big swoosh on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously I think undercover has done some really cool ones as of lately. They did some lows. Yeah. This this really amazing one, I think it was uh Doctor Doctor Wu oh, did one with like the tearaway yeah, cool. on the on the canvas. And then obviously like the JW Andersons are always like really amazing looking and just the design aesthetic of what Chuck Taylor seventies have been looking like as of lately. I mean, I just recently started like getting really in like into like the Chuck Taylor seventies just because it's it's like cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> um, my personal favorite is the uh, the Margiela ones with the like the wear away color, oh. kind of like the similar to like the like the Nike SBs that like you mm-hmm. skate them away, whatever. Um, but yeah, like what they're doing, like you said, is like fucking amazing. Um, but before we get into Complex Con, which is where these shoes were but are no longer since they're all sold out, I want to tell you about my little story with Bobby Hundreds. Oh yeah, how was that? Did I ever break that whole story down to you? I kind of like no, gave you, you like a gist, no? no? I didn't give you a gist of it at all? Like really brief, okay. but story okay. time. All right, yeah, story time. Um, okay, so for those of you that follow Bobby Hundreds, uh, he put up a uh, an Instagram post. I think this was on a Sunday night, um, really random. It was mm-hmm. maybe about nine o'clock, eight o'clock in the after, uh, at night. and. He posts this image of him at uh, at the airport, San Francisco mm-hmm. International Airport, and I think he was flying from Chicago, and then he had a transfer from San Francisco to L.A., where mm-hmm. he's from. But it was a picture of literally just a United sign, and I was like, okay, what's this? And uh, a couple of friends tagged me in it. Shout out to them for <laughs> knowing that I would be interested in this. Um, but he basically said, like, whatever, fuck United. Uh, if United, if you're listening, I don't have any personal gripes against <laughs> you. I'm flying with you guys in September, so don't get mad at me. Um, I'm just a messenger here. But he said, fuck United, whatever, whatever. They took my bags, but they couldn't take me. Mm-hmm. Now he's stuck in uh, San Francisco or um, South Bay of San Francisco for, you know, overnight. The very bottom of his long assed Instagram post, it said, if you are a, a brand and you have clothes, if, if you want to talk, if you want advice, I will be at the um, hotel, I think it was the Marriott in San Bruno in San Francisco or South San Francisco at nine o'clock in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Pre, he was like, please bring me like extra large t-shirts because he literally had nothing, <laughs> yeah. right? It was so funny. And, I, and, and I'm just thinking in my head, I'm just like, this is too good to be true. <laughs> like it was one of those, like those moments and I'm gonna, it was like, it like that, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like it was one of those moments. And I was just thinking to myself like, okay, I've seen Bobby Hundred speak maybe about two times in the past, say like three months, right? We had, we, me and you, we both, we actually went to both of those. Yeah. Me and you, we went to, he did a talk in, in, in a local city where he was talking about sort of his, his background in Korean, being Korean American, which was awesome. And that was super intimate. And, um, I had the opportunity to ask him a question, but I didn't have the opportunity to actually have a conversation mm-hmm. with him, which I prefer more than just asking a question. I'd rather just not ask the question. Yeah. So leaving, and this is just going all the way back, but leaving an event like that made me feel like my time's going to come. Yeah. You know, like I don't ever like foreseeing opportunities, especially when it comes to people that I, I highly regard. You know what I mean? Um, I don't ever like pressuring or like making them feel uncomfortable. So I don't want to like, 
walk up after push everybody to the side and be like bobby like i'm gonna tell you something with the mentality of like trying to sell something Mm -hmm. um and and going in there the first time around for that for that talk uh, i wanted i was just thinking like i want him on the podcast i want him on the podcast but that's that's not the way to go about things yeah so the second time comes around he has he's he releases his book. This is not a T-shirt. He has a, a speaking panel hosted by Benny Gold, and we go to that. And he has his talk, and he's signing books. And you know, he was there. Like he signed my book, and I had the op- mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to like have a conversation, but nothing innately came out to be <laughs> like Bobby. Look, like I got to talk to you about some stuff. Whatever. Yeah. It it didn't feel natural. No. And. In that moment, I just knew this is not the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And fast forward to current time, like current present time at 8.30 p.m. on a Sunday night. And I get this post and I and I say to myself, like, this is it. Like, this is the moment that was supposed to be presented to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is the, the opportunity that if I don't take it, then there is no what if. Because the other two events I went to, cool, all fun and games, whatever, but this was the one. Mm-hmm. That hurrah, <laughs> that moment, right? Golden light shining down on me, like get your ass out the door, whatever. But I contemplated for like 30 <laughs> oh minutes, God. right? I sat there for 30 minutes up until nine o'clock and just kind of thought like, well, I don't have anything to give him. You know, I don't have any shirts or whatever. And uh, I just thought about it. I texted a couple people and said, hey, are you guys going? Like, what do you think? They're like, no, we can't, can't Thanks make for the it. Invite, man. Right? Like, I thought you saw. It, you know what I mean? No. But I'm just, I'm just sitting there. I'm have my shoes on, whatever. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend. She was like, you better go. <laughs> like, <laughs> very stern about it. And I was like, I don't have anything for him. And she's like, well, what about that shirt that's hanging on your wall in the hallway? And this was an, a, a shirt from our very first event. Mm-hmm. Um, our very first payout that uh, I designed and. I was like, ah, it's a large, like it's not his size. Like he was looking for extra large. Like he's not going to, he's not going to take it. And then she's like, it's better than nothing. So I look at the shirt, I go up to it and I'm like, oh man, like I'm not going to give him this large. I look at it. It's an extra large. And this is what he was asking for, yeah. right? An extra large. And then I'm like, fuck now I got to go. <laughs> so I get in the car, I drive all the way over there. It's maybe about a 20 minute drive and I get there. There's about 10 people, maybe 15, right? They're all sort of standing in a circle and it's like streetwear shark tank, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's sitting on one end, kind of like surrounded by people. I see I see the dudes that hosted the Korean American event there. Um, I see some other friends, like very notable faces that I know. Um, and then we're, I'm just standing there, whatever. And... He's talking to the people and then he, some guys like, you know, he's like explaining his brand to him, you know, what it means, uh, gives, gives him a couple t-shirts. Um, everyone's shit was like packaged in like the, the like plastic bags and all folded all nice. And then, uh, another girl goes and she explains, uh, how she created this like, uh, woman's, uh, footwear company and like oh. with heels and had like mo- like the actual like samples like ready to like show him like really crazy shit right yeah and it was it was such a it felt like such a community right mm-hmm. because everyone was like 
yo, like, like that's really cool. Or like, yo, I'd buy that. Or like, yo, like what's the Instagram and I'll follow. And then everyone's following and everyone's just contributing. Yeah. And it was a very organic setting, obviously it being in like a hotel, <laughs> like lobby, whatever. Um, the fucking like hotel, like workers are probably thinking like, are those people like getting ready to storm area 51? Like, why do they look like they're all like in pajamas and like, why do they look all crazy and shit? Right. Um, but yeah, so this girl, she's introducing her shoes and things of that nature. And then, um, you know, it gets to this point where he goes like it, there's just like a lull. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, so do any of you guys listen to podcasts and a fucking light bulb goes off right in my head? I'm just like, Oh, this is it. Like, yeah. this is the moment, right? Like it couldn't have been like, like Kobe to Shaq alley-oop type moment. <laughs> like this could not be flopped. Right. And so, um, he goes on to talk and some people are like, Oh yeah. Like we listen to like the business of hype. Like that's really cool. Like we listen to yours. He's like, Oh, thanks. Like I love doing that one. And then he goes into saying like, Oh, I listen to like these mystery, like murder mystery ones. Mm -hmm. And everyone starts talking about all these like different podcasts aside from a streetwear podcast. Yeah. Right. And then there's a lull, a small <laughs> lull. Right. And then I go, Hey Bobby, you should listen to no chance radio. Right. Uh huh. And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, no chance radio. Like it sounds familiar, but what is it about? Right. Uh huh. And I go, it's a streetwear podcast. You know, we talk, uh, pretty much about streetwear and contextualize it. And, uh, we talk a lot of shit or I didn't say we, sorry. I didn't say we, I said, they talk a lot about you. I mean, oh, Bobby, you did third person. Yeah. I said, they talk a lot about you. Uh-huh. And I said, uh, there's a, a little bit of shit talking in the earlier episodes from what I remember, but I think some of the later ones, they're like a little bit nicer. And, he, and then before Bobby even says anything, a guy on the other side of the room never met. He goes, yo, I listen to that. That shit's really good. Hey. Right? Like uh -huh. out of the blue. Right? He goes, I, I, yeah. And then uh, Bobby's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You listen to it? He's like, yeah, man. Like they do good. They do. They're a really good podcast. I just uh, started listening to them the other day. I just typed in streetwear on on Apple Podcasts and it popped up and I started listening to it. I've been listening to it ever since. And I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. And that's when I saw my opportunity. Uh -huh. And so Bobby goes, he's like, yo, I should. I, I, I'm going to give that a listen at some point. Um, who hosts it? And I said, me. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, right. And then the, everyone starts clapping and he's like, starts laughing and he's like, oh, that's how you do it, whatever. And I just, in my head, you know that, you know, when, when, um, when people have those moments of like being lost and it's just like a monkey, just like clapping the tambourines. <laughs> like I didn't have that moment, but in my head, I, I saw like double Dutch, yeah. like the ropes. Oh. And for, and for, and for while he was talking, I just kept thinking like, when do I jump in? When do I yeah. jump in? And that was the moment. And so I said, that's me. Like, th that's me who hosts the podcast. And uh, he was like, he's like, see everyone, that's how you do it. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I didn't do anything, yeah. whatever. Right. And he's like, well, uh, he's like, I'm going to give, I, I'm, I'm going to try to give it a listen or, uh, or and check it out. Yeah. And I said, well, make sure, like I said earlier, make sure you check out some of the later ones because we definitely talk a little bit of shit about you. And this is my this is my personal thing about meeting your idols, right? Anything that I say behind closed doors about anyone is never something that I wouldn't ever say in front of their face. Yeah. Like, 
I we've in earlier episodes I've talked shit about the hundreds. I've talked shit about Bobby hundreds as well. Just about my personal feelings about them leaving San Francisco and also where their brand is today. I'm not personally the one to wear the hundreds now, but I do support Bobby and what he does. Mm -hmm. So being in that forum and talking to him, of course I'm going to say, yeah, we've talked shit about you. Like I can't hide from that if he listens to the episodes. Right. And he appreciated that. He said, he's like, I love that because I value, you know, the positive reinforcement and feedback the same way that I value the shit talking mm-hmm. and the negative comments because it means that you care, mm-hmm. you know? And, and and in your case, you care about streetwear. <laughs> and it's not, it's not like I'm hating on him for being who he is. I hate him. I, I don't hate him. <laughs> we <laughs> Sorry. love you, Bobby. Cor- correct that. But I hated him for, you know, sort of taking that, pulling the hundreds out, out of, of San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so we had that we had that dialogue, right? And then I go, "Hey, I want to give I want to give you this T-shirt." Right? <laughs> so I give him the T-shirt, and he like looks at it, and he's like, "Thank you, man. Like I really appreciate this." And then and then another guy was like, "Hey, I want to give you a T-shirt too, like to to Bobby." And then the moment was ruined, Aww, right? Yeah. But ha- having that dialogue meant so much to me in that moment because not only did I strategically mentalize how I was going to approach the conversation. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it was the moment that was for me, you know what I mean? Like there was nobody in there that does podcasting except for myself. Yeah. And that's when I knew like, this is what your time to stand out without forcing it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so we fast forward to the end of the night. He's, um, talking to everyone, whatever. And, uh, you know, he, uh, we take this group photo, and, you know, people are like, you know, it's most people are like breaking out, whatever. And he's like talking to some of the people there. Well, I'm just standing there just minding my own business. And um, and this was the, the, the psycho part of it. This guy comes up to me. He goes, hey, I know Melanie and I fuck with your guys podcast. Like, I love your guys podcast. Like um, he was like pointing to his girlfriend. He's like we were just with her the other day. <laughs> I was like, he's like, I love what you guys are doing. I'm like, thank you, man. Like, that's really cool. Like, it's nice to meet you. And, uh, and then, uh, they go their separate way. Right. Mm-hmm. Standing there again. Then, uh, the guy that has shouted me out while I was talking to Bobby comes over to me and he goes, yo man, I fuck with what you guys are doing. I- I'll try to mimic his voice. He's like, I fuck with what you guys are doing. <laughs> like, it was very like, just Hella like it's subtle. Right. Yeah. And he's like, um, he starts showing me his brand and what he's doing. And funny enough, um, that event that we were at on Friday, uh, there's a brand there. Shout out to Artist Jet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the yeah. guy who oh. runs the brand. Nice. And he said he was at the event re- uh, that night that we were just at. Uh, shout th- out to Borderless. Shout out to Borderless. Um, but yeah, and that was a moment too. He was like, you know, I love what you guys talk about and love, you know, how you guys go more in depth with whatever that, mm-hmm. uh, that other you know, these publications can't. And I was like, fuck, like that means a lot. Like, I appreciate that. Like we put a, a good amount of time and effort <laughs> into what we talk about. So it was very meaningful. Right. Yeah. And then he goes off. Right. So I'm standing there again. Right. <laughs> and then Bobby's still like, like frolicking with all these other people. And I'm just like waiting for my, my moment, whatever. Yeah. So this other kid comes up to me. He's like, he's like, Hey man, like, uh, I forget what his name was, but it's nice to meet you. You know, I, I, I've been trying to get into podcasts, like to listen to them. Like, um, I want to listen to your podcast. Like, can you tell me what it is? And, 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 and I'm really interested. I'm trying to get into this world of streetwear and stuff and, and stuff like that. And 
you know, we had a little conversation and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, this is really cool. Like, uh, I don't know anybody else doing this that like, I can know personally. I was like, thank you, man. Like, like, thank you for the support. That's like my go-to. Like those <laughs> moments are still like, yeah. kind of like not cringy, but I'm still trying to get used We're to still it. New to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? To think that other people are listening to us, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the listings in the play show, but to correlate that with physical people. Yeah, <laughs> like I be crazy. thinking it's bots all the time. You know what I mean? Um, but it was a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so me and him were talking and, um, and asterisk real quick, timeout. What was really funny about the meetup is that maybe five or six people, maybe a, at least a good like fifth of the, of the group that was there never bought anything from the hundreds. Oh, They may have known him for his book or just like what he's appeared on previously. So they don't know him for the hundreds. Oh, they know cool. him for who he is, Yeah, um, which is really funny. And this kid happened to be one of those kids who just knew Bobby f- for Bobby. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward to that moment, Bobby comes around and the kid asks him, hey, can I get a picture, right? Can I redo the picture that we made? And so I take the picture for them, right? And, the, and then I saw that, saw that as my moment of like, okay, I'm gonna leave now. So I say like, I'm like, all right, Bobby, I'm going to head out. He's like, he's like, dude, thank you so much for coming. Like, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out your podcast. Uh, no chance radio. Like I can't wait to listen. And again, I gave him, I gave him a preface of like, try to avoid some of the earlier episodes. Cause we talk shit. And he, and then he goes to me, he's like, no man, I love it. You. you know what we should do? He, I was like, what? He's like, why don't we record an episode? And you can go down the entire list of exactly what you were upset about in those earlier episodes. And I was like, I was mentioning to him, like, yeah, I was talk. I walk by your post street store all the time. So I'm upset about that. <laughs> like with the clothing and the graphics, he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. And then, uh, I shook his hand and it felt like they, they, they always say never meet your idols. But for some reason, that was like a moment for me that sort of summed up all of the the, the nervousness, the anxiety, the the not knowing what to say. And we all go, we always go through these moments. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We 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 encounter our favorite influencers. We we have those moments where it's like, damn, like I don't know what to say. I'm a big fan, but I don't know how to approach the situation. And then the moment's gone. Mm-hmm. But if it was really meant to happen some way shape or form it always comes back around and in that moment that's what i truly felt and which was fucking amazing (laughs) now bobby if you're listening to this one and you had to listen to that whole sort of reliving of that situation just remember that end piece there you did want to get on an episode so let's make that happen and let's all try to make that happen let's start like a little campaign you know what i mean like uh like uh Put Bobby, Bobby on no chance. Bobby 2020, like get him on the podcast. Bobby 2020. Ooh, Bobby episode 100. Ooh. If you're listening, let's yeah, I'm gonna take that off so people don't get it. <laughs> so it's a surprise. Um, but yeah, I want to tell you guys about that moment because you know that's a like I keep saying like that is one of those moments that you you always dream about mm-hmm. like of that situation ever taking place and also it, the, the timing has to be right you know what i mean like for the person being not not yourself but the person being the bobby hundreds you have to be in that mindset to be like you know 
this is my first book. I got to be where the people are being. I got to have those conversations with people. And, and even if he has a, uh, an ounce of that in his body, like if any bone is made of fucking just community and giving back or whatever, then that moment was meant to happen. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Bobby hundred, shout out to, um, the Marriott in South <laughs> San Francisco. Um, and shout out to impulsive moments. Yes. That was definitely one of those moments where I left feeling like, relieved obviously for one but also just very like proud of myself because we always go through that we always put off situations or put off opportunities because of not knowing what's on the other side whether that's you know completely embarrassing yourself or becoming a failure or whatever Mm -hmm. I feel like we always tend to to avoid moments like those not knowing what could potentially happen yeah um so definitely for a majority of you guys listening, I'd say for all of you guys listening, uh, and I'm talking to myself as well, always trust your gut, especially yeah. within these moments. It's super important because um, then you'll never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Thanks for the support, guys. We really appreciate no, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Shout out to the people that showed up to that event that, that came and said hi. Um, we don't ever, th- well, we know that people are listening. Um, close people that are around us, they always want to initiate the conversation, continue the conversation, which is what we aim to do. Mm-hmm. But to, to see it in the field of just like people coming up to you, that's where it means the most. Yeah. Because I always said like, if I could get one person to come up to me that said like, hey, I listen to the podcast, it's nice to meet you. The fact that we're affecting someone, even if it's one individual person, mm-hmm. That means the world to me. So that's really awesome. Thank you guys for that. And continue to listen uh, and support the podcast um, because we want people to talk to. <laughs> we wouldn't be here without you guys. Exactly. So exactly. We appreciate it. Yes. Um, so sorry for the small diatribe, but let's get into Complex Con real quick. Okay. Um, and this is the fourth inaugural Complex Con. Uh, the first ones all being located in Long Beach, mm-hmm. California. Um, you've attended one? Two. Two of them. I've been to two. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, now we can talk about something. <laughs> you've also attended Hype Fest. Yes. Have you attended a, an agenda that I don't know about no. either? Um, okay, so you're the you're the uh, the con queen, not the con queen. <laughs> you're, you're the uh, the convention queen. Okay. okay, that's what you are right now. Um, but essentially, Complex Con decided to do something different this time around and in, uh, incorporate that of a new city into their um, exhibition, mm-hmm. into their convention. So they hosted it in Chicago. Um, it's a very um, I've been to Chicago. It's probably one of my favorite cities, but it's definitely one of those cities where it's like a mix, a good mixture of metropolitan New York, but also like kind of like culture, like good culture, Mm -hmm. right? Within New York, I feel like you have to go to different boroughs to get really refined culture, but in Chicago, it's all there. Okay. So uh, one of the things that they did in Chicago which I thought was fairly interesting and also vastly different. And you, you tell me your experience in, in some of the initial first ones. But what they did in this Chicago one was that they focused more on the brands that ran Chicago, the brands that were making an impact within Chicago, that native Chicago, how do you say it? Chicagoans? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure. Native Chicago residents or people that live there would be familiar with, mm-hmm. right? Um, because the, the, the one thing you want, if, if you're going to have a convention come to your city is for them to release some sort of city specific product. Right. Mm -hmm. So they had people like Joe Fresh Goods, which is one of my personal favorites. Um, they had, um, 
an exhibition with Lena Waithe. She's a big Chicago uh, native. And then also, oh man, uh, the name is fucking on the tip of my head. Um, but another group that is based out of Chicago that is like the brand in Chicago. Like if you're from Chicago, you know of this brand. Um, I'll probably figure it out at some point later on down the road. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they took this approach for this complex con was actually fairly refreshing right yeah um it's not something that they typically do right um you've been to the first two what was the what were they like um the first one i liked it better than the second year um the first one well going into it for me i was more going for the experience you know it was something new to me i've always wanted to go to an agenda so just having like a whole like streetwear convention was really dope for me to like visualize um there was a lot of boots I think they were a little bit too like too much for the the Long Beach Convention Center. Mm. Like it was very crowded. Yeah. Um I couldn't take in everything like that whole weekend. It was too much for me. Mm. And I I always regret going to those things cuz I always leave like th- saying like oh I wish I should have went here or did this or did that. Um, it's very product based the first two years. There were a lot of complex con only releases. So of course it was very resale heavy. I wasn't really into the product like that. I just kind of wanted to go to the panels and just kind of see the, the convention hall. I couldn't see any panels at any of these events. And that's like the one thing I regret because those complex conversations are always really good. So to see one live would have been really dope. It's just the timing did not work out with wherever I was like at that moment. Yeah. Um, So that's like a really big regret of mine. If you compare complex con to hype fest though, I feel like this Chicago one is set up very similarly to how they did Hypefest. Hypefest was Hypebeast's very first um, like streetwear convention they did um, yeah. last year in Brooklyn. So I went and it was at the Brooklyn Navy Yard and there were some brands that did kind of focus on the culture. So um, they had like setups where they were kind of like paying homage to New York and mm. like the culture of it. There was one brand that had like a whole like capsule collection based off the subway, which was really cool. Um, so for to hear like how Chicago was kind of like that is kind of refreshing just because you know Long Beach there's not really like a culture you can put behind it yeah it's just housing the convention but whereas like Chicago New York they breed a lot of artists and a lot of um, rappers and culture there so um, to kind of see it set up like that is nice just because there's more things to experience compared to buying things like yeah buying things is cool but if you're gonna pay like 90 bucks per ticket you want to like leave kind of like ha- having a takeaway besides product. Yeah, like the the same way that you would pay for a concert, right? You leave mm-hmm. with an experience. You yeah. leave with a, like a, an emotion and a, fe- a mm-hmm. feeling. Like a memory. A memory. Um, and that's why when it comes to some of these events, obviously with the first one, nobody knows what to expect. It's the first Complex Con. We have to do something special. Mm-hmm. It usually relates to limited product and that becomes a talk of the town, right? Anytime they were talking about the first ever Complex Con, it was about the shoe releases and that yeah. was literally it. Um, unless you're a brand like really stand out, I think Chinatown Market made its like huge debut there at the first Complex Con. But yeah, like to your point, like some of these these conventions 
um, the importance lies in the conversations that are had there, whether it's you meeting someone new, talking to a brand about, you know, what, uh, what is it about your brand that's different or even the conversations that I feel like are once in a lifetime where you see that panel with the, the, that assorted peop, uh, amount of guests and you're just like, holy shit, like you have some legends all talking to each other on the stage. Like you'll yeah. never come across this again, you know? Um, but the reason why this complex con was so special was because that was the focus. Mm -hmm. That was the focus. It was about culture and community. And I think with, um, I think this is, this is to be true, but I think Bobby hundreds had mentioned in his conversation that I had with him that he had mentioned that the people that were, uh, originally in charge of complex con was the same people that were in charge of the agendas. So there's a reputation to be had with, with that, that already. And with, mm -hmm. with that group pulling out of the show and being the organizers, so did all of the larger brands. So you didn't see like a, you didn't see Bape, you didn't see Nike, you didn't see Adidas, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can't rely on the huge product, the huge brand names to bring people to your show, there has to be another approach or another twist. And the way that I think that they did it this year was probably why it stood out so much. You didn't hear much about the products, but you hear you heard more about the people, mm -hmm. which was really, really cool. Um, the hundreds actually, speaking on the hundreds again, they actually did like a, a three booth kind of uh, exhibit where it incorporated, um, you know, Joe Fresh Goods, obviously being a Chicago native, uh, an up and coming brand, even though he is considered to be huge to a lot of like people that focus on streetwear, but also he had the Lena Waithe exhibit reflecting that on Chicago as well, providing that narrative. But then he also had Bricks and Woods, which is a, a company based out of, I think they're based out of Compton, California in Southern California, LA. And um, they're up and coming brand as well. So to see, you know, a brand like the hundreds, which obviously could take over a whole convention and have like their own crazy exhibit, whatever mm -hmm. they decide to use this as a platform to give other brands that meet, that mean more to the community than they think they do mm -hmm. a platform to showcase what they do and who they are. And I think if they take, if corporate companies that are involved in some of these conventions or even like larger brands start to take on that perspective or that mindset, then you'll start to see more of, um, an actual community at these conventions. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is, is a lot more important. And, uh, it's actually funny cause, uh, I came across this, this really, uh, I'm just going to call it a dumb article, but I, <laughs> and it was done by Forbes funny enough. Um, but it was a, an article on uh, the, the title was why more fashion brands are leveraging educational events for community building. Um, what is there, like, what <laughs> is there to be surprised about at yeah. that point? Right? Like I get it Forbes. Like they're basically saying like more brands are looking to like in-person events um, and have them more often um, to basically build like community, mm -hmm. right? They see it as an opportunity to, to have those deeper connections with shoppers. Surprise, surprise. Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like streetwear has been doing that. Streetwear is so, and, and I don't want to get too historical with this, but counterculture, people that are, with, are, are a part of some sort of counterculture, I feel like the relationships are a lot stronger with other people within that counterculture yeah. versus just meeting someone and like developing some affinity for them. Like say, 
say you just meet someone, right? And you guys don't have the same interests, mm-hmm. right? You guys, what that person doesn't know about streetwear. They don't, they're not a shoe head, whatever. Um, but you guys meet, it'll probably take a lot longer to form an actual friendship with that person than if you guys both be- had that specific count, like you were both a part of that specific yeah. counterculture. Like, okay, we could, we could both love, I don't know, I'm going to say something random. We could both love making eggs, right? Uh-huh. But if we were a part of some like underground, like, egg cooking gang or something like that something very specific and you just happened to meet this person that was also a part of this underground egg cooking gang whatever the scramble gang i don't know you would probably form that connection a lot faster yeah and that's why i think like when it comes to streetwear it comes to hip-hop it comes to skateboarding it comes to punk or rock whatever which are what a lot of these kids at these um conventions they're into mm-hmm aside from resellers, like I feel like that, that, that is what keeps it together. You know what I mean? And obviously high fashion finds out what's working and adapts it to their own uh, network. But in your experience in like having, you know, shops that you can go frequent and hang out in, what do you think that has done for yourself in sort of making you who you are or building that community Talk about how you take, um, like, uh, how, how you camp out still, like, what has that, do you see how that has turned into what you are into now? You know what I mean? Like that is the essence of community. Like, yeah, it yeah. is. You, you meet a lot of interesting people at campouts. Um, but I just, I like it because you're just, you come together with random people. You know, I got into camping out like three, four months ago, because I used to, I used to sell to them. Mm. I never had time to camp out, but now I do. Um, and you know, I met these people like what, four months ago, they were strangers to me. And now we have like a solid, like I have a solid camp out family. And that's like, you, it's crazy. You would never think that you could just, you, you tell a normal person like, Hey, I met these people waiting in line and now we're all best friends. Like you, any normal person would be like, what the what? fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, there's strangers that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, but for our community, our counterculture, to think that we're able to do that is, is pretty fucking fascinating. It and is. that's why you see such a tight knit community within the world of street where you see each influencer with every influencer, especially if they're true to their craft, you see them, you're like, all right, that, that, that seems legit. Yeah. Everyone supports everyone because they know the trials and tribulations um, and the approach it takes to to succeed in this industry. So to see someone like Bobby Hundreds in the Hundreds, which has been known to take on uh, smaller brands that are doing amazing things and, and coming up, it is one of those things where it's just like, yeah, more brands need to, need, need to take that approach. Now, as fashion brands, these high fashion brands, if they just na- are now thinking like, hey, maybe we should have talks in our stores or maybe we should, you know, have a panelist or panels or whatever. Maybe that'll encourage people to like, not just treat our store as a retail store, but as a a meeting place, as a a hub, um, a place to hang out, whatever, right? And when when stores start to take that approach of being like, product's cool, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. of course we care about sales, but to have that core knit community around your store essentially 
could do more for you as a store in the future than it does um, in the moment. Even if mm-hmm. there's 20 people that, that go there and don't buy anything, say you have a pop-up store, those 20 people are like, yo, this store's fun to hang out at. They invite 20 of their friends, now you have 40 people. And maybe a couple people buy something. But it's that approach, that sort of word of mouth approach that I feel like does really good with within our, I wanna call it a counterculture. I don't even, yeah. I don't think I wanna call as, as as mainstream as streetwear is today, I don't think I can call it a streetwear culture anymore. I think streetwear is always a counterculture and I'm mm-hmm. going to try to be consistent in calling <laughs> it a counterculture because as much as we go left, right? As much as we try to avoid the, the, the narrow and straight path, there's always everyone outside the mainstream fashion that always tends to follow. That doesn't mean we are the culture. That means we are consistently going against the grain, mm-hmm. but people just want to follow. So that's not our fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but any last words about ComplexCon? Would you encourage people to go? Because Long Beach is coming up. If they continue to form it how they did Chicago, I would say go, but go for the conversations and go for the experience. Um, the stuff is cool. It's just don't waste your time. Like don't spend your whole day in a line. Yeah. It's not worth it to Agreed. do that. You know, like go out, talk to brands, you know, make a connection. That's what I regret doing. But it's also yeah. hard because there's so many people. Yeah, there is. But, there is. you know, if you're going to go take it all in and just take it one step at a time. Don't just bum rush a line because you need the latest product. Like whatever, that's that's gonna be there like the next year. Of course. But yeah, like. Take some photos, go find your your, your favorite influencer, go yeah. hang out. Go find um, these smaller brands. Yeah, go just ask questions. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool, especially uh, there's people there that are their first time showcasing, their first time having a, a booth, and they're just as, as nervous and excited as you are. So strike up that conversation and you know see what their 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 background is and maybe they might they might be the next big brand right and you might have been the first one to discover it so mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's a very good point okay so before we end this week's episode um we like to do something different this time we used to suggest you know i don't want to talk about product anymore you know what i mean i don't want to suggest what to buy um what your guys, what brands you guys should be looking out for. As much as we care, like we wanted to do something a little bit different. So we decided to form the No Chance Book Club or audio (laughs) book, book club, whatever you want to call it. But this is our segment to where we give you guys suggestions on articles to read, podcast episodes to listen to outside of ours, of course, Mm -hmm. or interviews to listen to. Um, Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. Okay, go. What you got? I have like three podcasts you guys should listen to. So of course, Business of Hype, shout out to Jeff Staple. He does a really good job Amazing. of breaking down like business owners and their background. Um, his recent one that ended season five with ASAP Ferg, it was really interesting to hear because I didn't know ASAP Ferg had a design background. Yeah, that's crazy, so, right? So um, if you are a creative and you're curious on like how to just be yourself, listen to that one. It was really, it was really refreshing to hear it since he's, you know, he's a rapper. Yeah. Um, also, High Snobiety's latest fashioning identity with race. I think Chris Gibbs and Bobby Hundreds were in that one. So take a listen to that. Race is a really big topic in streetwear right now. Definitely. So it's just, it's really nice to like just stay informed and just know what 
like what's going on in that culture in terms of like race and political. You got to hear other people's perspectives on this topic. Like it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's super important, There's especially with uh, Chris Gibbs of, of Union and Bobby Hundreds of the Hundreds. It's, it's very important to hear uh, people of color, um, Asian Americans speak about this because, you know, it, within an industry being fashion and being predominantly Caucasian, it's, it's nice to hear, you know, a different approach. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then lastly, um, Blamo is a fashion podcast. Their interviews with Jeff Staple and Arun Gupta of Grailed is two separate episodes. They're really good. Um, It's kind of like business of hype because they interview the people who run the fashion industry. But they are kind of like us where they kind of shit talk and you can say whatever you want. So (laughs) it's kind of cool. Like you get to hear like their background, but they can also say whatever the fuck they want. I like that. I'll, I'll actually have to listen to those two. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Um, mine is an article, so unfortunately you guys are going to have to read. <laughs> but this might be one of the best, overall best Supreme, kind of like interviews or contextualized articles I've ever read. Um, it's pretty beefy and I haven't read all of it. I'm maybe about three-fourths the way there, but I can tell you the general gist. Essentially, it's a look inside Supreme, Mm -hmm. you know, from the very beginning to where it is now, um, the sort of peaks and valleys of, of, of the business and how they are literally the epicenter of, uh, fashion and, 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 and culture nowadays. Um, they also got some good snippets of, of questions answered by James Jebbia, who started Supreme also Mm -hmm. opened up union as well. So, um, that's really interesting, but it's a, it's a really good introspective of the brand. And I think for anybody that is new to streetwear, um, maybe just now figuring out who the hell Supreme is, is a really good place to start. And it's, it's very well written and it's very like neutral because typically like when people write about Supreme, it's like, oh, Supreme is the biggest hype thing or the the other side of the coin is oh supreme is like oh resellers and it's so played out blah 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 but i think this is a very neutral neutralized article and i think that if you're interested in learning about supreme i'd say you definitely go check it out so it's a a gq article and no none of these podcasts or (laughs) publications are sponsoring these posts um so that's how you know they're important because these are things that we fuck with yeah um But on that note, we want to thank you guys for listening to episode 94 of the No Chance Radio Show. Please, 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 please go follow at No Chance Radio on all social platforms if you're interested in, you know, following us for events or when new episodes come out or shit, we might start posting our... um, some of these articles and, and podcast episodes mm-hmm. is like a like a no chance book club listening section or some shit. Um, but yeah, and on that note, we'll catch you next week. Peace. Bye.